are minimalists. <laughs> P.S. Ryan and Peter, we have one more question. Awesome. We have, uh, this one is from Just Reading Mostly. Um, what are you doing the rest of the time if you're just reading mostly? Ooh. Yeah, other things that there are other things to do. There yeah, are, no. there are. Well, well. So, so the question is: Is it true that quote all you need is love? And so, so uh, I, I sort of tease this. So I at least want to want to talk about this. There is this um, uh, comedian uh, comedian couple that I follow, uh, Christina P and Tom Segura. Right? They have uh, a great podcast called Your Mom's House. Um, they're at the comedy store all the time. I've seen them quite a few times uh, perform yeah, live at the comedy store. He's great, yeah, yeah. They're, they're both they're, they're both, both phenomenal. <laughs> And uh, I'm just thinking the last set when we went and saw Tom Segura, his I think his wife opened for him. Right? Uh, well, I think he, yeah, they, they just sort of they, they yeah. were they were together. Anyway, but it was yeah. great. Yeah. Um, but um, he on their podcast posited this question, like let's let, let's say that like you know I, I I murdered someone, would you help me hide the body? And she's like, well, well, why did you murder them? He's like, well, why why does it matter, right? And uh, and he's like, okay, I'll just give you an absurd example. Let let's say that uh, barista got my my order wrong, and it really pissed me off. So I waited till after they got off their shift, and it was clo- and and the the restaurant closed, and I murdered them in a fit of premeditated rage. And uh, now the body's in my trunk right now, and I've come home. Would you help me hide the wow. body? And she was like, no, you psychopath. And I'm like, oh my god, like. Thank God I have Bex in my life because I know like there are two people I can count on to help me hide a body if I ever needed to. It'd be Ryan and it would be Bex. And then so like her and I are having this conversation about this and and I posit the same question to her, knowing what her answer is. Like obviously the answer is yes, she's gonna help me. But the thing that troubled me wasn't what her answer was gonna be, is how long she paused. And it and she waited like ten seconds and then fifteen seconds, and I'm like you realize that part of the answer here isn't just the answer you're about to give, but it's how long you have to sort of... uh, um, uh, um, How long it takes you to answer the question. When I hear that question posited... Uh The, the way I hear that question is, is are you willing to go down with me? Yeah. That's the question. And yes, I'm willing to go down with you, Josh. I'll help you bury the barista's body. Well, and, and the thing is, like, like the... the and, and, but... The, the frustrating part about that is like you you want someone to be like so fully committed that they're instantly yes 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 mm-hmm. yes yes um, she was probably rephrasing the question in her head. Absolutely. Because the, qu- the question she was asked is like, okay, if I help him bury the body, now I'm accountable, which means if we get caught, then I'm going to go down. And that's, that's where right. it leads to. Like, that's right. the question. Absolutely. And then after 15 seconds, and I'm like, hey, this is taking too long to answer. She goes, <laughs> <laughs> she, eh, wrong answer, Bex. <laughs> and she was like, no, I think I'd call the police. Oh, my God. And I, it totally, like, it devas- like it truly devastated me. Like fucked up my evening. Yeah. Um, and and like I couldn't let it go, and and because for me, like there was no question that her answer was yes. The only problem was she was taking too long to say yes. Mm. And and in her mind, it, she was like, well, I also have you know Ella to think about, and mm. she's five, and 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 all of a sudden now. You're, I'm, I'm confronted with this and, and to me in my mind I'm like well you, okay so you're willing to let me go to prison for the rest of my life because you won't not not just no I'm not going to help you bury the body but I'm going to call the police that is interesting okay so I had a relationship 
You know the pernicious relationship I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Um, we got to a point because we were together for you know a few years, and we got to a point where we were we finally started seeing a a, a couples counselor because we were getting ready to end it. But me being the nice guy that I am, I'm like, all right, let's do everything we can to try and save this shitty relationship. Uh, we went to this we went to this um, counselor, and her big and her biggest thing was. Um, God, I'm trying not to get too deep on this, but eh, fuck it, I don't care. This is postscript. She's probably not a Patreon supporter. <laughs> yeah, if she is, thank yeah. you. And if she is, thank you so much. This means that really does mean a ton. <laughs> but there was this there was this point where the um the, she was really jealous of Josh, super jealous of Josh because I would help Josh bury the body, mm-hmm. and it got to a point where in this in this um in this session where the counselor took a, uh, a whiteboard, took a marker and was like, okay, you've got this circle here and you've got, you know, insert girl's name here. And then you've got Ryan and see, there's no room for Josh. There's no room for Josh in this circle. What she wants you to do is have this different circle for Josh. And I'm like, and, and it's so funny. Cause like even saying it now, I'm like, I feel like I was set up cause she's the one that picked the counselor too. I feel like I was totally set up now. Yeah. But, but, you know, we had this hour-long conversation, and I'm explaining to this person, like, I don't understand. Like, Josh is like my brother. Uh, like, he means a lot to me. Just because there's another person in my life, I'm not going to care less for Josh. Yeah, and, th- th- and then I posited the question to her. I said, well, let me ask you something. I said, so, you want, you want to be the most important person in my life. I also want to be the most important person in your life. But who are you going to choose? She had a daughter. I'm like, who are you going to choose when it comes down to it? Me or your daughter? And of course she's going to choose her daughter. Right, because that's famine thinking. If you're, if you're thinking like there is a finite amount of love to give and I'm going to give you 51%. It is finite this, thinking, yeah. And, and, but, and but I think that... The it's qu- famine thinking, I think. Like, like or, where, yeah. where, where people like think, well, um, it, it's either, it, it, it is either or, but, but I don't think love works that way. I think that... that um, just because I love you, you know, it, it, it's not even... It's immeasurable, right? Like, like I can't, I can't put a, a number on. I love you ninety eight percent or whatever. Like that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't take away the the love from someone else. And what what happens quite often is I think we we conflate uh, time spent or we conflate um, priorities with with love. And in in the case that I, that I have had here with Bex is the thing we were talking about earlier Pete was with the the language versus meta language like she was taking this so literally mm. where it was like she was concerned about like all of these other potential outcomes where I was I look at this question to say are you ultimately committed to me mm. and and when we actually talked through it and believe me we spent an evening talking through this major problem because I could not let it go mm. and I was trying like like I, I was genuinely like oh man like this is devastating to me mm. um, it's funny like we, we can take a thought experiment and all of a sudden like I've been devastated by something that's never going to happen yeah um, well, I, well you know continuing the metaphor like Let's say you you killed someone. I helped you hide the body, uh-huh. and then next week you're like, "No, the priest that pissed me off, man." <laughs> I'm like, Shit, that's two bodies now. <laughs> there is a certain number of bodies I'm willing to help you hide and not hide, right? Yeah, well, I don't believe, I, and I don't. And maybe this is just uh, um, 
does that make does that make sense it absolutely makes it because i don't believe in unconditional love either right. like there are always conditions of course it's just, and, and i think that's the thing and, and and what what bex was saying is like well clearly there's something wrong that there's been some sort of tipping point if you're killing a barista because they gave you caffeinated instead of decaf and it's after 3 p.m and that's what very that's what literal they, with the question right she, yeah. she took it very literally and and the truth is yeah there's something that would have really tipped me me over and then like it, how do you it, at some point you're going to keep carrying it forward and like okay now there's another dead barista and right. another and at some point it's like okay I'm going to stop hiding the bodies with you and I think that's a perfect metaphor at some point you do have to stop hiding the bodies for someone mm -hmm. but but the question ultimately is how committed are you to the relationship and how many bodies are you willing to hide <laughs> right I'm willing to help you hide 12 bodies Bex your move <laughs> <laughs> so I guess Peter, what I'm saying is, what the hell is wrong with me? Why? why how many bodies are you willing to help your best friend hide? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting way to approach the question. Um, <laughs> if yeah. Elliot comes to you and, and, and yeah. has killed the barista, I mean, what's going on here? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that's a good question, but I'm going to take a different angle yes, just yes, for yes. a second. Yeah. Um, so, uh, human beings are creatures of meaning, and we can't get into the reasons why. But but what that means is we overvalue. So Amen. other creatures don't overvalue beyond utilitarian means. But human beings have not even just a capacity, it might be um, actually central to subjectivity, that we're able to value beyond utilitarian use, yeah. right? So that's to overvalue something. And love is a name for overvaluing. Oh. So you overvalue one person. Other people look at the person, oh, they're really dead on, they're nice. And, but you think they're the only person in the world who matters, right? So love is a modality of overvaluing and i think that i mean paul tillich philosopher he, he talks about ultimate concern that human beings are beings of ultimate concern which means that and heidegger talked about care and concern we have this ability and actually this it's part of subjectivity to raise up something a cause a person whatever a be above and beyond what other people raise it right. And it is that act that makes us creatures of meaning. Mm. So before anyone asks, what is the meaning of life? You just go, the very fact that we are creatures of meaning, as in we can ask that question, is really interesting. Mm. And what gives life meaning is that we overvalue something. So the short answer to this question is, I think in a sense, love is the answer, i.e. if love is this human ability to find ultimate concern in some reality, a person, a cause in existence. Um, it is what makes us human. It's yeah. what makes us not utilitarian creatures. Um, it is the... Uh, it's almost like we need love to be human. Yes, it is the core of subjectivity. And it, it's also terrifying and terrible because animals don't get into... Like do, your dog doesn't get into the existential quandaries mm -hmm. that arise out of this and they don't hit the existential heights that arise out of love. Right. So um, I mean, animals get attached. Like I've, I've seen yeah. cases of that, but to the extent that you're talking about... Yeah, it's, uh, the thing, and it's called, it's called drive in psychoanalysis, but you'll see um, animals will get attached. So here's an example. Uh, there was an experiment once, I think, um, I've read about it anyway, where they put mice in a cage and they have really good food behind a glass screen mm -hmm. and really bad food that's easily accessible. The mice bounce their head against the screen to get the good food when they realize they can't get it. They just eat the rubbish food. Mm. Then they took the mice out and they did some Frankenstein experiment with the mice's brain. They put the mice back in the cage 
annoy the mice kept bouncing against the uh, screen until they died. So they'd oh, made little humans out of the mice. They mm. basically created drive, <laughs> which is an over-attachment to something that w- that is beyond your utilitarian value. That weird aspect of reality, of being human, is is kind of, I think, what creates meaning in our lives in its positive and negative forms. So yeah, all you need is love and a sense of that's what makes us human and that's a terrifying thing. Yeah, yeah. and you said, uh, um, what did you just say? Love is, is the reason. And, and so love is the reason why, like why we, often why we do what we do why we experience the the pain that we that we the we experience why we're irrational yes. why we approach um these things irrationally and in fact when i sat down long term and had this conversation over the broader context I, where were you last thursday night is, is the better question <laughs> Pete. We, you could have helped solve this whole thing <laughs> so you pretty um, much ruined bex and his relationship <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks <laughs> <laughs> now you said you can change the past. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. No, um uh we sat down and talked about it and like got to the the sort of the the understanding and the meta understanding and ultimately we got to the point where it was like, yes, of course I'm committed and of course if there is this ultimate sacrifice that I have to make, I would get there mm-hmm. with with you. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take me more than 15 seconds to get there. And and in understanding that, I mean that that was that was the the real love what yeah. was the, the making of the love, so to speak, was like us having to sit down and have this incredibly difficult conversation where there were feelings involved, but there was there was also like two completely different points of view. Yeah. And it was that there was there was frustration, there was anger, there was sadness. But but out of that became came a better understanding in a yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, ultimately, it's a, yes, she'll, she'll, she said she'd help me hide the bodies, thank right? God. <laughs> <laughs> but just know that I'm coming to you first. <laughs> Deal. No, I, I totally agree with you, man. Lo- love is the answer. Here's the thing, though, is that love is action. And, you know, I think about, um, I, you know, I hate talking about my mommy and daddy issues, but they just always come up. And, and this is a perfect forum because there's, there's only like, we, what do we got? Five Patreons? Patrons? So, like, there's only five people listening to this. <laughs> but, like, you know, I. I'm at my aunt's house the other day and I haven't been talking to my dad in months. Um, Long story short, he's very religious. I am not very religious. So he has cut me out of his life essentially. So um, I was at my aunt's house the other day and my dad called and happened to call my, my grandma was there and, uh, you know, she's talking and then it gets out to one of them. You know, I talked, I told my, I told your dad that you were here and he just, he just said that, man, he really, really, really loves you. And I looked at her and I'm like, bullshit. I'm like, love is not this, I love you, I love you, uh, but I'm not gonna talk to you and now I'm gonna go about my own business and do what is best for me. And, uh, but, but don't forget, I love you. Uh, but I, I mean, that to me is not love. So I, I, do, I do think that love is the ultimate answer. Uh, but, but love is not just a feeling. Mm. Love is, it's action, it's determination, it's pushing through that discomfort or, 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 or uh, being pushing through an uncomfortable situation. I'll tell you what's really crazy is as I was like thinking about this, this answer and talking about it, my, (laughs) this is like really going to get weird. Sorry. I'm taking this completely different direction. Let's Let's do it. But, but I thought to myself, if, if love is action, like, and I think about, cause I still have a very deep belief in God, something, God, I don't know something. Right. But if love is action, I'm like, where is the action? Like if, if Jesus is supposed to be on this flaming ho- on this horse with a flaming sword, 
taking down all the demons and taking all the bad people. Like he's, it, it's been thousands of years absent. But I had I, I'm not all doom and gloom here. The reassuring thought I had was like right now. This is love, man. Yeah. And this this to me is this to me is a representation of again, sorry Josh, I'm taking it this way. But to me, like this is a representation of of something higher, yeah. of something more powerful. Don't be sorry you're I, taking it this way. We have a we have a theologian here, so yeah. <laughs> does that make I, I, sense? It does. I wanna I wanna push back on something. Yes, please do. Yeah, please do. Is it because I literally just had this thought, oh, yeah, so yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> this is a really interesting insight is where is the truth, right? Is the truth in what you say? Is the truth in how you act? In psychoanalysis, the truth is in, in neither because you can also act in lies. You can act in false ways. People do it all the time. You can do certain actions that look loving, but they're just so that you can feel good about yourself, mm. whatever. So then the question is, well, where is the truth? If the truth, if you can hide the truth from yourself in, your, in both your speech and in your actions, where's the truth? Well, in psychoanalysis, there's a very precise answer. Sounds weird at first, but the truth is in your symptom. And what a symptom is, is the symptom is an outburst of something that you're not consciously in control of. So it might be a bad back, a migraine. It might be fear of going out, fear of staying in. It might be fear of driving or flying or outbursts of rage for no reason Mm -hmm. or tears, right? Symptoms can be anything. Symptom is when you cannot speak your truth, your truth finds a way to speak. Mm. And a symptom is basically this, the, the, the telling the truth that you cannot tell yourself. Mm. And now sometimes a, a headache's just a headache. Uh, you know, Freud said sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, right. yeah. but sometimes it's a penis. And sometimes <laughs> your symptoms are telling you something. Yeah. So weirdly, if you want to kind of know your truth, I, I, I would often encourage people to go, it's the very thing that you do that you think is not you. Oh, that outburst of anger, that's not me. Mm. No, that's that's mm. more you than you know, or your dreams. What comes up in your dreams? Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, you know, I had that weird dream where I, my brother was drowning. And I couldn't do anything about it because I love my brother. Mm. Well, it is your dream, and he was drowning, so maybe you don't like your brother, but mm. you don't know it. And, and so, in a sense, sometimes it is the outbursts, the little outbursts and weirdness in our lives, the ticks that tell us the truth of our desires. And the only reason why I say that is because actions can also lie. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I <clears throat> because I your do, dad, your I dad might s- love you. Here's the thing, like deeply, mm. and not, I'm not, I can't speak into it because I don't know. Have what. A, he might have a feeling of love. Yes, no, but, but he, your dad might have. Let's imagine. I'm sure he does have a feeling of love. Yeah, but here's the thing: he doesn't, not in his mind and not in his actions, but maybe in his migraine or in his heart attack or in his outbursts of anger for no reason. In, in other words, and I don't know your father, but mm. your father might have a symptom. Mm. And he, the problem is because he hasn't been able to access and hear the truth of the symptom, he hasn't been able to act. But say your dad suffered from migraines, for example, mm-hmm. and he went to a psychoanalyst after a doctor found nothing wrong. And the psychoanalyst said, listen, you've got these terrible migraines and you're having these dreams of, of, of like a, um, something uh, that is attacking you or something like that. And then the analyst might go, I think you're deeply deeply broken because of your separation from your son Mm. and you cannot admit that truth to yourself and so the symptom say the migraine or the dream is the truth now the problem is he can't admit the truth Mm. so it comes out in a terrible way and i'm not saying that's true but i would guess that there is some symptom in your father's life that is telling him the truth that he cannot face oh yeah i i i uh 
I know for a fact that there is some stuff going on that that are complete symptoms of of what you're talking about, yeah. and what you're saying might be true. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to grasp what you said because I still feel like maybe you can, and like I could love Josh, mm-hmm. and I could really feel that. But if I constantly show him t- actions that doesn't express love, mm. I mean, to me, that is, that's 50% love, and 50% love isn't love to me. But yeah, here's the crazy thing. So in psychoanalysis, the crazy thing is, right, you could love, uh, you could love Josh, you could love anybody, right? Mm-hmm. You love somebody, right? And you could not show it. In fact, you could, you could hate them. You could actually you know, burn stuff. You could stay fake stuff online about them. So everything about your actions is saying you hate them. Mm-hmm. Everything about their beliefs is saying they hate them because they're saying it. But they have these stomach ulcers and they have a fear of heights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds bizarre when you say it, I'm with but you. Then, then when they actually listen to the symptom, what, and it sounds crazy, but what you discover is maybe the symptom is saying that you love this person and actually everything you're saying and you're doing is an attempt to hide that love. But the truth of the love is in the symptom. But here's the thing, the thing is they have not got the courage to listen to the symptom so mm-hmm. it's i'm not i'm not giving any credit to to your father i mean he he needs no, to break down maybe the religious worldview to hear the symptom but the weird this is and i think we all know this to be true is we can actually do horrifically terrible things to people that we do love and the crazy thing is where is where is the truth the truth is in the fact that you get you're mm-hmm. having a heart attack because because you cannot express your love, that's that's what I'm kind of saying. It, it sounds so we, weird. No, the thing is, you're, you, sometimes we are, we we lack the skill set to use a, just a different terminology oh, yeah, to yeah. to express the love that we that we feel. And this is really some, depressing me. Uh, really because it makes me feel like love is not the answer now. <laughs> it makes me feel like that's a perfect place to end it. Sean. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? I, here's the do hope. See, do you see what I'm saying? Yes, though? No, but here's the hope. Because you said at the start there, you said my father doesn't love me, and I'm going like, my my feeling is that what he has potentially shut that down, tried to pretend he doesn't love you, mm. but something in his life, and it might be outbursts of rage, or it might be depression, or it might be heart disease is is the symptom that is saying that actually he does love you and and his challenge is to listen to the symptom god this is a great therapy session <laughs> so so my dad does love me yeah he has the feeling yeah i know he does um my dad is a very emotional guy uh that's partly why i am who i am yeah. because he's not he's not a man's man either yeah. um and, and he's you know he's i grew up hugs and 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 oh. constantly telling, to, I mean, very very close with my father. So yeah. it's not like we had this, we had this. Um, I was always trying to please him. We were very much on the same page. Very much felt loved growing yeah. up. Lots of love growing up. So maybe that's why it's so difficult for me now. And I can look at him and be like, well, maybe you don't love me, because growing up I did feel that love, but now I don't feel it. So again, I'm just trying to get to a place where love is the answer. But right now I feel I'm taking it back. I, from what you're saying, and I totally see what you're saying. Love may not be enough. Oh, yeah. Well, I or in this example, what I'm saying is that perhaps because it sounds like, of course, your father loves, especially that what you've just expressed. Mm-hmm. You know, what you just expressed is a deep love, a deep, healthy thing that he has for whatever reason, maybe it's for a religious worldview reason or whatever. He has shut that part of himself down, mm-hmm. and the truth that you cannot speak finds a way to speak, and so something is killing him. 
And it is depressing because, yeah, I am basically saying there's no happy. It's not love is the answer. Like it always all works out. Sadly, there are people who it's like they, they say about there's Some comedians said about the Irish. The Irish don't talk about their suffering. They just stay quiet until they get a heart attack. Right. So basically until they die. Um, sadly, that's that, you know, we're laughing, but that is true. That's I know true. You know, yeah. it's like it's a stoic. It's, you, we all know those military fathers or whatever who don't say anything and then yeah. drop dead. Right. That. That sadly, yes, there is no guarantee that your father will be able to access the symptom and release it. But love is the answer in the sense of the love is there. The love has just been, uh, I think, put into uh, a box and locked. Yeah, I, I, I am now feeling a little bit better. Because now, <laughs> now the way I'm interpreting this is uh, acting on the love. That is what the answer. Projecting love yes. is the answer. So Ooh, it's not. It's not. Yeah. The, it's not the fact of feeling the love. Feeling the love is half of it. Mm-hmm. But but projecting the projecting love is absolute. I, I feel like that is absolutely the answer. I, I, and listening to the symptoms, like I said, like for for me, because I can't say it for anybody else. But when I have a symptom. Something like I go for, I very quickly, I went for coffee with my housemate, not Elliot, my last housemate, uh-huh. uh, a guy, Connor, really great friend of mine. But um, I went to the wrong coffee shop that was an hour away. Same name, right? And when I got there, I was like, why did he ask to go to a coffee shop that's an hour away? And I bought all of this food. And I'm sitting there going, why am I doing this? As soon as I bought the food, I was like, I wonder if there's a coffee shop around the corner from where we live with the same name, right? Oh, no. So then that for me was a symptom. So I had asked myself, do I not want to see my housemate? Mm. And I don't know that consciously, but what I did is unconsciously made this mistake to avoid him. And then listening to my symptom, I was like, oh, yeah, there's something we need to talk about. There's a there's a tension. Mm. And so listening to my symptom then help to us to talk that through. So what I try to do in my own life is cultivate a life in which I listen to my symptoms and go, is this just forgetfulness? Or is it telling me something that I do not want to look at? And when you do that, I think you will lead a largely healthier type of life. That's awesome. That is awesome advice. Because sometimes a cigar is a cigar. Sometimes you do just forget. You just have a, yeah, you have a migraine because there is something physically wrong. But you've got to be able to look in the mirror and ask yourself like, is this symptom? Is there? A, is there a problem? Is there a source of this symptom? Yeah, like if hmm. you forget your keys once, maybe you just forgot your keys. But if you forget your keys every time you're going to see your mum, it's like okay, right? What is this? I don't forget my keys any other time. Mm-hmm. So suddenly it becomes a symptom. It's like yeah, ah, God. right, you know. Yeah, like like if you're late it's one good. time, maybe yeah. you're just late. But if you're late every time, yeah. maybe you just don't respect the time of the people that. That, oh, yeah. that you really care about. I've got a and that's a example. great place to end it, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I give one example of this? Yeah, absolutely. Gonna, absolutely. But, um, I had a friend who went through a difficult divorce. Yeah. And he forgot, every Tuesday night he would go to read to his kids at his ex's house. He forgot one week because he was late at work. He was stressed. And then he was like, I felt he felt so bad. Then he did it a second week. And he did it three weeks in a row. And I was talking to him about it. He's like, he loves his kids more than anything else. So forgetting once is very hard to understand. He doesn't forget meeting me. Forgetting three times starts to be weird. Mm. And his ex said to him, he said, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get your kids to hate you? And he was like, oh, that's what I'm trying to do. Does he, oh, wow. he so hated himself, but he couldn't admit that. And he was out partying and whatever. But he so hated himself. And what he was doing is he was wanting his kids to feel about him the way he felt about himself. And only that only came to light when he listened to the symptom and the symptom was forgetting to read to his kids three weeks in a row. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the way to wrap this up here to, to bring this all together, I feel like, is what you, you said it all here, Ryan, already. 
Um, and I'll, I'll just try to put it in a nice to, little bow for yeah, us. Yeah, let's do that. Um, maybe love isn't enough because there there are so many other there are other factors as well. You can love someone and and as Pete said, still you know treat them like crap repeatedly, mm-hmm. right? So love is the answer, but it may not be enough. And 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 the feeling of love. Yeah, just the, the feeling of love yeah, itself. I totally agree. But 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 showing respect and kindness and understanding. Like you need the courage to confront your love, which we don't have. We could love somebody, but because you can't confront that love, you treat them terribly. You see that with every kid in primary school. <laughs> Some kid loves another kid, and so they pull their hair. You know, because they're yeah. not they're not courageous enough to confront their love. So, right. Yeah. Right. Mm. Well, if you're listening to this, you're a Patreon supporter, and since you're already on Patreon, thank you. Head on over and support our good friend. And Peter Rollins, uh, your Patreon is just Peter Rollins, I assume. Yep. Yeah, beautiful. We'll uh, we'll continue to support you there, and hopefully, we'll, we'll send a few other people your way. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. See ya. The minimalists. <laughs>